I believe absolutely passionately that we can transform Ireland. For me, that's not just rhetoric. I think we can do it. I think we should do it. In fact, I know we must do it. I'm Dr. Mark Rowe and welcome to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. As a family physician, my expertise is supporting people in the areas of positive health and lifestyle medicine. Join me in conversations that share life lessons, health habits and leadership practices, focusing on positive psychology, lifestyle medicine and ways that enable you to live with more vitality on purpose. Appreciating that when it comes to your vitality, that everything is so interconnected. Episodes will air weekly and you can find me wherever you listen to your podcasts. And of course, on my website, drmarkrow.com. Mary Lou MacDonald is a TD for the Dublin Central constituency, which includes one of the most deprived communities in this state. She was elected leader of Sinn Féin by the party membership in 2018 and is the first woman to lead the opposition in the Dáil. Join me in conversation as I discuss managing stress and the importance of self-care in a dynamic political life with Mary Lou MacDonald. We talk about choosing self-care, the importance of movement, mindful practice and meditation. We discuss how changing the world starts with you changing yourself on the inside and how important it is to invest in yourself today for a better long-term future, enabling you to live with more vitality. If you're a leader who recognises, particularly since COVID-19, that living with vitality and building a more resilient mind matter now more than ever for you and your team, then this podcast is for you. For further details, visit drmarkrow.com. So I'm delighted to be joined on the podcast today by Mary Lou MacDonald. I suppose, Mary Lou, when I think of people that have a role in politics and a career in politics, the term service to others really springs to mind. And I suppose I want to start off by asking you, where did that sense of service and contribution come from? Well, that's a very good question, Mark. And I'm not sure that I can fully answer that for you because so much of this is instinctive. So I, I think obviously I'm no different to anyone else. You're, you're hugely influenced and formed by the family you grow up in and by your childhood, your childhood experiences, the expectations of your, your family around you. So I was born into a household and especially to a mother who always took a very kind of broad-minded view of, of life. And we were always encouraged as children to look beyond ourselves, to consider others, not in a preachy way. For example, my mother would have been, you know, very interested and involved in Amnesty International and writing letters to political prisoners and what was happening in Burma. And, you know, wow. so there was an interest in the world and in life. And it, I suppose it's an attitude more than anything else. And, and I think I I grew up with that and I, I think was influenced by that. I was very influenced by my grandmother, my family, my mother's family are in Tipperary. She's a monster woman. So I think all of that and then just life and people that you meet along the way. And I, I, I suppose the way my personality is, is I, I like people. I just... For me, it's it's not a great hardship or a great chore to meet with people, listen to people, identify with them, and then help where where I can. That's that kind of so it's an in, instinctive thing for me. So I I can't give you kind of a textbook answer bar to say that 
it has been and remains a huge privilege for me to have the kind of access that you have to the human experience and to people's lives by virtue of being an elected representative. It really is quite something people will say, Mark, you know, that people are cynical about politics and they're fed up with politicians. And listen, I get that. (laughs) I feel that way sometimes myself, to be honest. But the truth is that people still trust us Hmm. as public representatives and as leaders. They trust us hugely and you get incredible access to people's experiences and that mm-hmm. to me is a joy and, and a real privilege. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it sounds as if your mother had a really major influence on you. Is she still alive, Mary Lou? She is very much. Yeah, she is. She's vaccinated. She's had her jabs and she's getting back into back into the swing of things and back into some kind of normality. Thank God. Yeah. That's great because, you know, it sounds like she had a really outward view of the world and a really compassionate sense of, uh, I suppose, international justice, which was unusual to to be exposed to that as, as such a young person. Yeah, maybe it was, you know, but of course, I didn't realise that um, at the time. And uh, my, my family also would have had very strong politics and political views and domestically, you know, about Ireland and the country that we are and what we could become and, and all of that. So there's no doubt that that was hugely influential on me. And and then like any person, you're, you're shaped also by the times that you grow up in, you know, what's happening all around you, the atmosphere of the country and so on. So, of course. yeah, you're, you're shaped by that. And it's um, I think it's a great thing, though, that um, life is so dynamic like that. There's no foregone conclusions for any of us. I'm sure there aren't, Mark. And some of it is, you know, choices that you make along the road. Others, other things are contexts that are just beyond like your individual grasp. They're kind of the bigger realities that you live in. So I, th- I think it's a really interesting kind of way to frame your your life's journey. I couldn't agree more. I think it was George Bernard Shaw said, none of us can go back to the beginning and start again, but you can recommit to starting today and create a brand new ending. Absolutely. I think in life or, you know, I'm involved in in health and healthcare, you're involved in in politics, whatever you're involved in, uh, no one knows how it's going to end. And that's that is really exciting that you can give your give your all to something and and see where it goes. Can I ask you, Mary Lou, what what motivates and drives you now? I have a very strong sense of purpose uh, in my work, obviously. I mean, I'm, I'm a political activist, firstly and foremostly, and I have chosen this life. And um, it's not, I, I may have gotten involved and run for election and certain steps initially were, were almost accidental and just happenstance as, as how my life rolled out. But from then on, you make an active choice. And I have chosen this life of, of activism. I believe absolutely passionately that we can transform Ireland. For me, that's not just rhetoric. I think we can do it. I think we should do it. In fact, I know we must do it. Uh, and I think this will be the generation in which we do it. And we'll we'll finish some historic journeys. We'll, we'll heal many historic wounds and wrongs. Um, And I think we have an incredible historic opportunity to build anew. And I am so motivated and excited by that. I just think this is an incredible, an incredible thing that we can create together. So I'm I'm hugely motivated um, by that. I love my work. 
uh, the people that I serve, the people that I work with, the party. We've worked hard, like many of us, to to build something almost from scratch. And I'm very proud of all of us as activists in in terms of what we've achieved. Um, but I'm also very conscious of what we all we've left to do. So that's a huge driver for me. I get up every morning and I, I survey the scene and say, right, so what are we doing today, Mary Lou? You know, how are we how are we making a difference today? And then in my own personal life, like I've I've two children. My my daughter turned 18. So I now have an adult daughter and I have a son and I have my wider family and I'm I'm hugely motivated by that as well. Obviously, like every parent, you want your kids to do well and to be safe and to be happy. And What age is your son? He's 15. 15. So you have two, you're a parent of two teenagers. So, I mean, that that is challenging uh, for, I've got teenagers as well. I mean, that's challenging for everybody. What would you say about the, the challenges of raising teenagers in Ireland? In 2021? Well, you're caught. I mean, the most recent challenge of COVID, I think, has just been really, really hard. I mean, it's been hard on everyone, don't get me wrong, and people particularly who have been bereaved or people who got very, very sick, you know, gosh. Um, and it's been hard on our older citizens. I mean, I was just referring to my own mo- mother and it's, it's been a struggle for her. But it has been really, really hard for younger people. I mean, it, it's just, it's not natural for teenagers to be so confined and to be robbed of the natural thing to kind Absolutely. of push back against their parents and to kind of right. strike out on their own and find the new frontiers. So it's all been very limiting. So I, we have found as a family that quite challenging. I think we've managed it as best we can, but it's it's been challenging. And I think for me as a mammy, right, it's the challenge is finding that balance on the one hand against your instinct to protect your child, even though they're now young adults and, you know, to because you can see harm and danger and jeopardy. And so that instinct of, of keeping keeping the kids safe on one hand and then the reality that you have to let them go. And, and you also have to allow your young people to experience things, you know, find their star, follow their star, make their mistakes. Maybe that's the most challenging thing is to actually allow and accept that you have to let these people, these these adults now, um, actually make their own mistakes and learn from them and that you can't do it for them. I struggle with that. <laughs> well, I think we all do. And I think the word uh, acceptance is a, is a very powerful word, Mary Lou, because there is so much in this life that we can't change and be able to accept the things you can't change, but also to have the courage to change what you can, I think, yeah, I think is yeah. really, really important. And I think, you know, as a doctor in terms of COVID, I mean, I think COVID has really hit everybody in different ways. And you're so right. Young people have been particularly confined. And I think many young people have been so, so good during COVID. They've been, they've shown such strength, uh, but to be cut off from their friends at a time when they should be out meeting boys and girls and all that kind of thing is very, very difficult. And Absolutely. I think as a parent trying to navigate that is uh, is not easy. And there's no there's no textbook. We make it up as we go along, <laughs> model our way through as best we can. Um, can I br- that brings me nicely on to health, Mary Lou, because obviously as a doctor, I'm very interested in, in, in positive health. And, you know, how do you stay healthy yourself? Well, I am. I suppose I'm fundamentally lucky that I have very good basic health. So I'm, I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm very conscious that some people can just touch 
very unlucky. You can just yes. be unlucky with your health. Absolutely. Um, so I'm I'm lucky on that basis. Basis. I I, I am asthmatic, but I manage it very very uh, well. Um, so it 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 really depends. The, the lockdown has given me the opportunity to kind of regroup on on that matter, and to actually look after myself a little bit better because. The challenge for me is because you're going at such a pace, at, at such a frenetic pace at times, and you're up and down the country and you're going here and there, and th- there are so many demands on your time. There have been periods in my life where I have forgotten to make time for myself and forgotten the whole value and necessity of self-care. And I, I, I periodically have to have a chat with myself and say, Mary Lou, you need to watch your exercise. You need to watch what you're eating. You need to, and not to do it as acts of self-loathing, but acts of self-care. So when I can, when I get it right, I get it very right. Um, but, but it's a constant thing that I have to remind myself, no, th- there are only so many waking hours in the day and you need an hour of that at least for you whether it's to go for a walk or whether it's to read a book or whether it's to meditate i've taken up meditation Mark, well done which i find fabulous but um but that to me is the big challenge it's kind of you can't cut corners like well you can but you pay a price for it and i'm i'm 52 now so i'm in my prime as they say you're still but young I'm not, <laughs> but i'm not 32 you know what i mean and i i regard now when i when i think about health and well-being and so on it, for me looking ahead it's very it's about now but but i'm also thinking about 10 years time and please god 15 years time so invest my philosophy that i'm trying to you know inculcate very strongly in my life is to invest now just to, you know, and it's not about indulging yourself. I'm not doing that, going off on pamper weekends, unfortunately, to exotic spas, although I'm entirely open to any offers of that. But uh, it's just about making time and taking an hour and not crowding yourself out and having your schedule so full that you've c- taken care of work and colleagues and this and that, the kids, the family, all of that. And, and you've no time left for yourself and you're, exhausted and and so on so that's always been the big challenge for me mark making that time i can imagine that because you know i i've known a lot of politicians over the years uh in my role as a doctor and i've often reflected what a stressful type of job it is late nights long meetings and uh, a very sort of uncertain sort of work schedule at times. And, uh, you know, I think you've put that very well, that it's not about self-indulgence. Self-care is a basic necessity of enabling you to be at your best in life, not just for yourself, Mary Lou, but for your family and for your friends and obviously for your, for your work colleagues and those people you serve. Uh, if, you, if you're not taking good care of yourself, you really can't take good care of anyone else on a long-term basis. And I think it's also good to frame things positively because if you're kind of running away from something and saying, oh, I must exercise or I must do this or I should do that, uh, you know, really something is chasing you. Whereas if you're moving towards something positive, you're moving towards positive health, uh, that's much more sustainable. The power of small changes. And, and as you said, simply just investing that little bit of time to take better <laughs> care of yourself. By the way, jobs, lads working on factory floors or carers or doctors, people working in, in, in on the front line of, of healthcare and, and medicine are hugely stressed as well. So politics is is not uniquely stressed. It's a different stress in that you are hired very publicly. You can be fired. 
very publicly. It is very much the vagaries of public debate, public admiration and appreciation, public anger and criticism. You have to navigate all of those things and you have to develop a strategy to actually be resilient enough that you can manage all of those things. I always say it to particularly now younger colleagues coming through to, to really have an eye also on their, on their mental and their emotional well-being because you cannot be thrown from the highs to the lows in, in accordance with you know, what people think about you or think about your performance. And of course, you have to be conscious. The people hire us. We work for the people. So you listen to the people that employ you, of course. But like as a person, you need kind of a very steady, steady approach because other than that, you would be literally an emotional wreck. And it, it could be quite damaging to you as a person unless you have kind of a, a stance and a strategy for yourself to kind of manage your own expectations and to manage and accept. You mentioned the word acceptance, Mark, to accept criticism sometimes because, you know what, sometimes the criticism is absolutely legitimate and right. Sometimes not. But you have to have a way of, of, of managing uh, all of those things and you have to make time. You absolutely have to make time for that as well. And if you don't, you become a ball of stress and it affects, It has to affect your performance. How could it not? Absolutely. Well, I'm delighted you mentioned that because, you know, some people hear the word health and they just think about, you know, exercise or going to the gym or, you know, eating more vegetables or whatever those things can be important, but obviously mental health, emotional health, these are key aspects of, of the totality of health. And, you know, burnout is now so common, probably more than 50% of, of, of primary care physicians and, and medical doctors experience burnout at some stage. Many of the caring professions experience burnout, and I'm sure burnout is, is, is seen in politics as well. So I think it's really important, as you said, to be able to build some tools of resilience, learn how to embrace stress and uh, and recharge from stress. I mean, what, what are the, the couple of things you do best to kind of switch off Mary Lou or to kind of recharge from stress? There's nothing like good exercise and fresh air. For me, you see the air in the West of Ireland, if I could bottle that and like, you know, pipe it into my house and into my lungs, I'd be away in a hack. So fresh air, distractions, a good laugh, I mean, I love, I'm a very simple person. I love an open fire. I love good company. I like good crack, good stories. And, you know, watch a funny movie. I always say to my to my son in particular, find me something mindless and funny. Now, sometimes his idea of mindless and funny is not exactly my idea of mindless and funny, but however. So small things like that. And I, I mentioned to you earlier that I've taken up uh, meditation. So I find this really, really uh a revelation for me, if if I'm to be honest, Mark, that um, it with such a simple technique, I, I've I've opted for transcendental meditation, which, as you know, is just a technique. It's not a belief system or any of that. Anybody can practice it, but I have to say, I find it tremendous for centering and for stopping the noisy part of my head, which can be really noisy at times, to calm that down. And just to center myself and to rest my head, because sometimes that's what you need. I find if 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 you get very stressed or very angry about something, you it's almost like you replay a tape over again and again and again, and your angst grows. And, grows. and what you actually need is a wee timeout. You need to find a space 
where you can just down tools and you can stop the clamor in your head and rest. And I find that that doing that really, really helps not just to kind of rest yourself and to to unlock the stress, but actually to give your perspective, because that's the other thing. Perspective is important. Making mountains out of molehills is something that many of us, myself included at times, uh, we have down to a fine art, you know? So perspective and calm. So I have found that, and I'm only a, a recent meditator, but my experience so far with it, I, I, it's been a revelation and I'm so pleased that I, that I took it up. How did you discover it? What happened? Well, would you believe it was recommended to me by my former party leader, Mr. Jerry Adams. Really? Actually, yeah, he said, he said to me, um, he always gives me wee advice and tips. Jerry's like that. He's very supportive to people. In, and he knows himself, you know, having himself lived a very hectic and stress-filled life at times and having come through it healthy. Uh, so he recommended it to me and I thought about it. I wasn't that keen initially, you know, Jerry hugs truth and stuff. I was like, that, that's his, he's, he's more hippy dippy, no offense, Jerry, but then, then I would be. But so I thought about it and then I said, well, why not? And I went and I have a wonderful um, teacher, uh, a lovely woman from County Down. And she brought me through the technique and so on. And I have to say, um, I'm I'm a convert to it now. I absolutely I've, I've experienced at first hand the huge value of it. So I, I couldn't recommend it highly enough. So if I was giving any tip via your podcast, I would say to people, even people like me who are saying meditation, like, no, I don't think so. Yes, try it. Try it. And it might just be for you. Yeah, I think you've really articulated the benefits so well. I mean, I've been recommending meditation for years I think the word meditation, it, it has so much baggage associated with it as a word, cultural baggage and images of people hugging trees in the Himalayas and all sorts of things. And people think, well, I'm too busy or I can't. Exactly. Yeah. I can't quieten my merry-go-mind of, of all these anxious, negative thoughts that are just rolling over and over again. And uh, But as you said, just committing to do it uh, without judgment and literally slow down your breathing and experience the sense of calm, presence. And uh, it really does broaden your perspective, as you said. It really does change your worldview. And you see, so many people are really living in that really uber-stressed state where, you know, there's just so much noise and distraction. And as you said, people are worrying about things and, and making mountains out of those molehills. And what that does is it, it narrows your, your view and you can't really see all the options that are there can't see all the opportunities. So I'm really delighted to hear you've taken up meditation. I believe meditation and mindful practices are for everybody. I'd love to figure out ways to really bring them into every classroom, bring them into every home that wants to have it. You know, I'm not saying you should do it. I'm saying let the benefits speak for themselves. It's such a simple, uh, cheap, free really thing, just a cost of your time that can have such amazing benefits. Yeah, you don't need equipment. You no. don't need all you need is yourself and a moment and 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 preferably somewhere quiet and just to carve out the the time. No, I agree with you. I think it's um the benefits of it for me so far have been 
have been j- just really, really um, huge. And it's it's been a very fulfilling thing. And it's not something I had anticipated. It's not something, um, you know, that, that, that I would have um, gone out and actively sought myself. But, but I have to say that it, it really, you know, I, I could work 60, 70 hour weeks more sometimes, but like every week and your assets. And I mean, I've, I've been working at that pitch and that pace for two decades, maybe, you know, like there's never been a time when I haven't been, busy like that and that's okay and busy is good don't get me wrong I like being busy I like being active and engaged and all of that and I've a great life and I I love my life and I love my work and I'm, I'm not complaining for one second but it would be very very easy just to roll from one week to one month and then you wake up one morning and you know you say well like where am I in the middle of all of this so you have to I'm, I'm very conscious. Maybe it's just that thing of kind of being, as I say, 50 and in your 50s now that, that you think a bit more long term on, on these things. Or maybe it's because my kids now are one of them is an adult and the other, the, the my lad is coming along. He's 15. So I suppose to change, that changes your perspective as well on the totality of life and, you know, the, the circle of life as well. Yeah, I do think we become that bit more reflective as we get older. We're looking back and looking around us uh, rather than simply looking within. Yeah. And uh, But just you men- did mention earlier that you're now more invested in your own personal health in terms of 10, 15 and beyond years down the line. And what's really interesting is how meditation and regular meditation practice influences your telomeres. Telomeres, telomeres are the little dog ears we all have at the end of our uh, DNA. They're like the, the strands on the shoelaces and they tend to shorten as we get older, Mary Lou, and that causes accelerated aging. But meditation can actually keep them strong and keep them longer. So there is evidence now from America that long-term meditators, in other words, meditating for at least uh, five years before you're 60, so you have plenty of time, uh, can significantly enhance your longevity as well as enabling you to de-stress reducing your risk of heart disease, reducing your risk of chronic inflammation, um, really ticking all the good boxes uh, for very little time. It's great news. Yeah, it's fantastic. That's great. Um, Can I just ask you about leadership, Mary Lou? Because obviously, I mean, you're a leader in your own life, uh, in, in, in the political sphere. You're also a woman, you know, and women in leadership now. I think that's tremendous and 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 to be recognized and celebrated internationally i mean there are some some excellent leaders if you think about the leaders of new zealand and uh, and germany uh you know spring to mind in in the political sphere and uh you know who do you admire as as a leader and who are your role models in terms of leadership well i have many of them you know and and actually some of the people that i admire most in 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 leadership roles aren't in political life or even very kind of profiled public life. I mean, I have the great privilege of, of, of meeting so many people and accessing different people's life experiences and so on in the course of my work. So I travel up and down. I've been in the Dacia many, many times and all across the country. And every, every community that you go into, you meet leaders every single one of them. And very, very often 
time out of numbers, bang in the middle of everything. And at the heart of the action are women, local women um, in, in the settled community, the traveling community, new communities, younger women, older, all varieties in pursuing environmental projects or pursuing health services, as in, in the case in Waterford. I know you've been, you know, you've, you've such active uh, community drive uh, around all of that. And those are people who really impact in the first instance and in the most direct way on people's lives, because leadership is not like a, a highfalutin thing, you know, people at the very top, you know, the people on the television, the people in high office, of course, are leaders. But actual real life leadership starts bang in deep into the grassroots of our communities. And it, that's the place where the most radical of change is made. It's the place where the most radical uh, uh, sustained changes uh, happen. So for me, I, I couldn't name or list all of those people who I admire and thank uh, enormously for their incredible work. And um, they are too numerous, but they, they know who they are in each community. And I always feel uh, very privileged to meet with them and to hear what they're at. And the ingenuity of people, Mark, people are genius in terms of how they, how they construct different community initiatives or things to support children or, you know, people with disabilities or whatever, ingenious or in the area of mental health. I mean, there isn't a community on this island where there isn't a, a mental health initiative that has, has been spearheaded by families who have experienced perhaps a death by suicide or by people who have their own personal testimony and experience around anxiety or depression. or And these are heroes. This is the glue that keeps our society together. So I tip my hat to them first and foremost. And of course, Jacinda Arden, who you've mentioned in and in Germany, and of course, Nicola Sturgeon in Scotland is a phenomenon as far as uh, I am concerned. And we've very many strong women in, in political life here on, on our own island. So and I salute all of them. But firstly and foremostly for me, the most powerful agents of leadership are those people in communities, they they do it every day and they do it directly on the front line. They're brilliant. It, yeah, and I, I couldn't agree more with you. And and just in the community I work in, in, in Waterford, we have what's called a Frank Leahy run. And Frank Leahy run and, and walk, it's every January. It's like 5K around the parish where our practice is based. And it's really community mobilization. It's encouraging people after Christmas to get out and walk, maybe get out and run. Yeah. And it's really, you know, actions speaking louder than words. And it's really redefining that idea of health, getting it out of sort of out of the sort of the medical consultation and getting it out into the community where people can come together and support and encourage each other. Brilliant. So, yeah. yeah. So I think it's that's a really brilliant. cool that's idea. A great, yeah. But yeah. it's that kind of thing, because that's what that's ultimately, you know, when you kind of assess your life and, and what, what it's composed of, do you know, the greater part and perhaps the greatest part of our lives are the small routine things that are the backbone of, of like how we live each day and, and who we meet and who we interact with and how we feel having met the neighbour or the person working in the community centre or in the local shop. These are the things in real terms that actually are the fabric of your life because you can have the, the higher 
that the higher order or higher line kind of ambition. So you obviously studied medicine and you went to university and that was a great achievement, I'm sure, Mark, in your life. And that was great. And that's part of your narrative. But actually, the day to day thing of who you meet and who you touch and who you impact, that's actually your life, isn't it? That's how I feel anyway about because in my work, you you meet prime ministers and you meet presidents and you go to places that are tremendously interesting and sometimes places where you never thought you'd be. I mean, I think I've done at this stage in, in my life the, the world tour of grand English uh, manors and country houses for negotiations of different sorts. And all of that's very interesting. But your actual life is, the fabric of my life is my neighbourhood here in Cabra, my kids, the community, and then all of those people that I meet and what they tell you and the, the laugh that you have with them or the tear that they you shed with them or, you know, all of that. That's actually the real rich stuff for me. That's that's the powerful nectar of, of living for us. So, And I think it's important because... I, I sometimes think when conversations start about leadership, it can sound so highfalutin that for the average person, and we're all average people, but for people outside of politics or it, it sounds something distant and unattainable. It's not. Everybody, everybody leads. And some people go like beyond the extra mile and mm. are just heroes, you know? I couldn't agree more. I think, you know, actions always speak louder than words and life is in the moment, the moment to moment experience. I mean, we're sharing this podcast discussion right now, uh, but today is the only day we have and uh, the future isn't guaranteed to any of us. The past is really much research and development, as I like to say. You can learn from it, but um, you can't take it with you. So it is, it is those small little experiences. Uh, I mean, I'm very lucky to work as a, you know, as a GP, a family doctor, and I love the experiences of conversation with my patients uh, who teach me so much. Uh, you know, I was on, I was on a conference in, in, in Harvard recently and a physician was sharing how, you know, he feels that he learns more from his patients than his patients learn from him. And I, I kind of was thinking that I, that resonates with me as well. People can teach you so much if you're willing to just listen. And I think that's great. And I think sort of maybe GPs, politicians, hairdressers, there's certain walks of life where you really get access to all areas. People will tell you. Do you know what I mean? People will tell you their life and tell you what's happening. And it's it's just amazing. It's and and people are people are gas and th- there's always light as well. You know, as, as bad as things can get and as tough as things have been, say, over the last year and more for people, there is always light. And there is always somebody there with a, a story or an advice or a distraction to, to help another person just through an hour or a day or a week and to kind of get yourself back on track. There's great solidarity as well. You know what I mean? There's we, we can really help each other as well as helping ourselves. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I think in many ways, I think Ireland, we have a great little, I know we have we have challenges and we have issues that need to be sorted, but we have a great country in so many ways. Our people, I think Irish people are generally very optimistic, very resilient, and we do look out for each other much more than in other countries. 
I think so. I always say that, um, you know, when people say, oh my God, the Irish are so friendly. And you, you think that's a bit of a cliche <laughs> until you go to some other place and you go, God, you know, home really is very friendly. And I, I think we should always mind that. And I'm not talking about the valley of the twitching windows and being nosy and sticking your nose into people's business and disrespecting people's privacy. I am not talking about that, but I'm, I'm talking about just creating an atmosphere, a nice atmosphere in our society and in our communities. Because I think that matters as well. That lifts people. I know myself when I, I was out walking now this morning around the Phoenix Park. It was a gorgeous morning. And just going by people walking their dogs and just hello and, you know, how are you? How are things? It lifts people, you know, because it people are out and it's just saluting somebody. And just the just the friendliness of that gesture even I, I always find kind of gives me a bit of energy and pep in my step as well. Well, when you radiate a bit of positivity out to other people, you know, that helps them, but it does come back to you in so many ways. Mary Lou, what would you say to your 22 year old self if we're looking back? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what would I say? I would say, I think to my 22 year old self, be kinder to yourself. 22 year old me thought maybe like 22 year olds everywhere that, you, you couldn't get to things fast enough and get things done. And and I think 22-year-old me was quite hard on myself. You know, were you good enough? Had you worked hard enough? Could you push yourself harder? And 22-year-old me would have been ambitious, not not for money or for I'm not I'm, I'm not I, I'm not trying to paint this up as any great virtue or polish a halo for this, but I'm not a materialistic person. As it happens, I'm just not. So I'm not offering that as kind of a judgment on anyone else. But as it happens, I'm not. So my ambition would, it would never have been for I want to have lots of wealth or money. or anything. That's not my thing. But, but I always wanted to do things and get ahead. I, I think the wisdom of age has taught me that all of that is natural and good. And the adrenaline and the drive is, is good. But you have to be kind to yourself as well. Mm, I think you're right. I think kindness is such an important character strength and it's such an important habit to build to not just be kind to others, of course, but to be kind to yourself, to be self-compassionate, to give yourself a break, to understand nothing is perfect and you aren't either or me or anyone else. And you don't have to be. And you don't have to be. Good enough is good enough. And uh you know, to, to, to build those habits, as you said, the mindful practice with meditation, getting out and walking, as you said, in nature, bottling that West of Ireland air, uh, you know, really valuing yourself as a living, breathing human being. I think that's so, so important. I mean, Aristotle was one of these great philosophers, Mary Lou, and he, he was he spoke about uh, thinking, talking and walking, that actually getting out and walking, it's not just a great way to exercise and move, but it's actually a great way to think and process things as well. Yeah. Such a simple thing to do. Absolutely. Aristotle had it, had that sussed and it, it's very often, you know, the, the people say, you know, getting back to basics and, you know, stripping things back. And that's not like we, we have, we've the, we're very lucky as, uh, you know, as, as people and as uh, generations that we live in a society where huge advances have been made not least in, in, in medicine and, you know, like we saw all of the evidence around vaccines and science and, you know, how quickly science galloped to kind of get ahead of things to keep people safe and well. And in, in our lives, we're, we're surrounded by gadgets and, and all of that. And that's great. I mean, human comfort like that is a great thing. But but sometimes it is 
as well to realize that there are certain things that no gadget and no technology can do. You do it for yourself. You choose it for yourself. And for me, that's one of the big life lessons around kind of being kind to yourself and self-care. You choose it. You make a decision. Is that I am doing this. And then you have to, the trick is to try and stick with it. Now, that's going to be a challenge for me because we'll come out of COVID and everything will be crazy and you'll be running here and there. But I'm, I'm determined this time that kind of the, 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 just the little bit of breathing space that I had during COVID to kind of give myself a talking to around you know, that that self-care and that hour for yourself that, that I stick to that and the meditation on top. And I'd be totally zen, Mark. I'd be the most zen person <laughs> in Irish political life. Well, I think that's great because I think that mindful practice encourages you to stay more present and to realize that it's not about galloping ahead about what's going to happen in September, what's going to happen next year or whatever. That it's today. It's to practice self-care today. It's to be kind to yourself today. Be more mindful in your choices today. Uh, and tomorrow will take care of itself uh, by investing in yourself today. Can I ask you, Mary Lou, uh, this is something I often ask people, and it's a great exercise as well to actually write it out, a paragraph. It's one of the best ways to build what's called realistic optimism. And it's the best possible future self-exercise. So it's imagining, say, say three or five years into the future, uh, if everything you're working for now comes to pass in terms of your career, but much more than your career, your health, your relationships, your family, your dreams, your goals, your aspirations. If everything comes to pass, what will that future version of Mary Lou look like, say three three years out from now? I'd be the teacher. <laughs> I'd be the first <laughs> With the indulgence of the people, of course, it's in the people's hands. But but yeah, um, that, that's where I think we're heading. We're, we're, we're heading for a new government. And I, I, I really hope, and I, I don't say that in an egotistical way, because I'm very mindful that that's that's a great outcome but but also a very busy and a very demanding a very demanding outcome and and, and I hope in three years time you know that my children are on to their next steps and that I've supported them along that and that my family all of my my husband my 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 mother all of my family are well and that we have planned things to that, that we plan to do over the next couple of years, like walking part of the Camino and different things. And, and just to have those small little private milestones um, for me. And I, I love the sunshine and I cannot wait. The stork made a mistake, Mark. I was I was dropped in the wrong location. I was destined for the Mediterranean, not the, not for our, our lovely <laughs> island. So I, I love to I love to get away and I love it. So things like that in, in three years, five years time, in ten years time, to be well enough and um, to have the space and the opportunity to enjoy the simple things. And to enjoy them with my friends and with my family. And that for me is everything. And then, of course, politically to change the world and nothing short of that. Fabulous. Well, changing the world always starts with changing ourselves. Uh, that's what I always say. Ch change happens twice, but the first place change starts is on the inside. So I think everything you're doing in terms of your self-care is really is really supporting that. Mary Lou, could I ask you, just for our listeners, if you were to give them three take-homes for a more resilient mind, what, what three things would you kind of recommend from your own lived experience to date? I would say <clears throat> acceptance that you don't hold all the cards, you don't pull all of the strings, and there are some things that you can't push back. And you need to be a little bit uh, philosophical about that. I would say rest, 
because to be resilient, you have to be rested. You can't be exhausted and be resilient, in my experience. So rest, whether that's good sleep or whether it's the, the for me, the meditation practice is hugely important now for, for, for mental uh, rest. And then the third bit is around determination and steel. Like people are very, very strong. I, I sometimes say to people that, you know, I, I would meet who have come through the most extraordinarily traumatic experiences and they relate their tale. And what you discover is it's only at the far end of the experience, the person looks back and says, how did I survive that? How did I live that? But the truth is that you did. You did that. You you lived that. You survived that. So in addition to being philosophical and, and accepting and not, be, not absolutely breaking your heart and hurting your soul, trying to control things that you cannot control, in addition to being rested and kind to yourself, also to know your own strength and not to be afraid of it. Don't run away from that. You are strong. You are resilient. You have these reservoirs within you. And the trick is to try and access them and to hold your poise. Like in my own political life, I've had good days. I've had bad days. I've had great triumphs. I've had some disasters. I've won. I've lost. Um, I, I know I sound like Rudyard Kipling now, but, but there is an extent to which you have to treat all imposters the same and you have to hold your poise and your, just to keep your balance. So for me, those are the three pieces, acceptance, rest, and then that determination. Very well put. And, you know, they, they talk about post-traumatic stress, but the reality is post-traumatic growth is far more prevalent in the world where people develop an enhanced sense of who they are yeah or new understandings, and people can be extremely and extraordinarily resilient. You're absolutely right. Finally, Mary Lou, for you, can I ask you, what is the meaning of life? I'm glad you're finishing with the easy question. <laughs> the meaning of life is, is, is to live, to, to, you know, to embrace the day, to get up every morning and start again. We start again at every sunrise and to live. It's not a dress rehearsal. Live it. Go for it. Grasp it. Enjoy it. Beautifully put. Well, Mary Lou, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on the uh, podcast this morning. Keeping your purpose in the world, uh, keeping an advocate for positive change. And as you said, never stop starting. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Mark. Thank you for listening to my podcast, In the Doctor's Chair. For further resources to support you to live with more vitality, please visit my website, drmarkrow.com.